Hi, and welcome back to C. Myers Live. My name is Brian McHenry, and I'm a principal with C. Myers Corporation. And today we want to talk about scenario planning. And scenarios have always been a really key tool to help prepare for the future. And especially as the pace of change increases, and it just feels like there's more uncertainty, the scenarios are just really helpful on building that clarity and getting alignment and just bringing people together to think through and, and try and feel like they have maybe a little more control around what's going to happen going forward, at least the actions they might take as they think through all the different things that could happen in the future. And so I do a lot of these in strategic planning, strategic financial planning and leadership development. And it's cool as we do that, you see organizations and leaders grow in their thinking and their critical thinking as they use the scenarios again to really think about the future and what might happen and so there's so much to cover when it comes to scenario planning and we're getting a lot more questions and being asked to do more speeches on this topic so today i have rob johnson president and principal of c myers corporation who just gave a speech on scenario planning and i thought it would be good to have rob come in and just share some things to think about when you think about scenarios so welcome rob well, thank you so much, Brian. And and you're right. The, there's so much to this topic right now and the the amount of conversations and the benefits to it. It was really hard narrowing it down to about an hour long discussion. And um, then my understanding is you want me to narrow it down even further than that for the audience to uh, to hit a few of the high points of things to be thinking about. Something we've seen over the decades is how scenario planning has really evolved and really become more helpful of a tool, as you said. But one of the keys is to start getting a little bit more structure around it to help get organized around the objectives so that you you want the freedom of thinking to think through the future and to come up with new original ideas and brainstorming. But you also get a lot more out of it once you get a little bit more structure to, well, what are we trying to accomplish? I know there's a limitless number of scenarios that could happen, but how do we narrow it down to some things that might be top of mind? And there are a lot of different ways and approaches that you can do on that to get some of that, that clarity that you're talking about. But one of the things that we've found is really to help organize the team around what could happen to the environment around us? Uh, whether you think of the world or you think of the nation, you know, what could happen there? And it, it could impact all institutions and in how they do things. That helps expand the thinking beyond your organization and take that, that bigger look. And so a lot of times that's referred to as systemic. You know, what are systemic events that could occur? Now, systemic events could be could be inflation, it could be dealing with a talent shortage, it could be open banking and you know really having that take things to the next level on ability to to serve consumers and and make it faster but also make it where there's less friction for them to jump to someone else so you walk through a systemic side of things and there are a lot of different options on that front but then you also want to look at things unique to your organization and um, that unique might have to do with your geographic region, might be the, the consumers that you serve. It might be your, your, 
area of you know natural disaster exposures that you might have or a super concentration in something that you might have maybe you have you portfolio a lot of mortgages you might have more exposure to mortgages so you might spend more time on scenarios around mortgages and so those things that are unique to your organization that might be referred to as idiosyncratic and so stepping back and thinking through as a team systemic idiosyncratic what are some of the different scenarios and also how might there be sometimes some crossover that there's some commonalities which i know you've seen a good bit yeah absolutely I, I was just thinking that you know so when you think about systemic or environmental scenarios right now talent is a big one lots of places talking about it uh, being called the great resignation you know so how do you how do you deal with that when everybody's dealing with talent shortages and trying to retain and acquire talent and then you can take that and also create an idiosyncratic scenario where it's, well, what's specific to our organization when it comes to talent? What about succession planning in key areas that really are uh, critical to our business model and keeping it going? If, we, if we're really honed in and a core competency for us is data, then what happens if we lose some of our key data people, our senior person or anyone in that data area, as an example? Do the same thing if you're a lending machine. Whatever that business model is, you can start again building that unique to you scenario around talent. So while everybody else, yes, is dealing with talent, this is a scenario that's unique to your particular situation. Yeah, and that can help you really start to pinpoint and prioritize well, what steps might we want to take? You know, maybe in that example, it might be how you approach succession and you approach a culture and how you also, you know, accelerate certain programs that you need to get up and going to help address that. So it can be incredibly beneficial on that front. And what I like about your bringing up the talent side of things is that's that gets to this next area of organizing thoughts and as you think of scenarios, sometimes the, the main focus is going to be more around qualitative things. Some of the talent that you mentioned, there is a lot of qualitative um, pressure and solutions for addressing talent. It could be, you know, the, the culture. It could be, you know, really walking through the processes that you have, making it a great experience. It could be that you are really encouraging people to get a lot of cross training, which is helping with succession and job satisfaction and career planning. So that they they picture more of a solution. It it could be the technologies that you put into place to help make people's jobs easier and have them focus on more rewarding things. Whatever it might be, there's a lot of qualitative things you could work through on a scenario. But there's also quantitative impact. And so every scenario really has certain elements of quantitative you know, numerical things either numbers that you might need to analyze on it quantitative is not necessarily financial but a lot of times the focus in the end result might be financial and so you have the quantitative you have the qualitative and recognizing that some people get more excited about one of those pieces some get more excited about others and some organizations are stronger at one or the other but that gets to the team structure itself for how do you make scenarios effective? How do you get a lot out of this? And we found, and it's a key part of the discussion, is about really cross-functional teams. 
really having teams representing different parts of the organization from the technology, data, the lending, operations, the experience that they have, the user experience, and making sure that the consumer is, is kept in mind as you're walking through each of these. So all these different elements, it is not just, hey, finance team, go and make these scenarios, go solve it and come back to us. So it's not about the finance or accounting team doing it, but really representing those different angles. And that, that actually creates a much richer scenario itself that you'll walk through, but also some of those different solutions and deciding how much emphasis you need depending on the topic. Yeah, so as you say that, it brings back you know, what I mentioned in the beginning is by having those cross-functional teams, you're creating clarity and you're getting the alignment which then helps you identify the actions and just leads to higher performance. Even again, if you're not sure what the future is, you're still thinking it through and spending the time having the conversation to make sure you're, you're on the same page. And the other thing too is that is, is really cool about this, and you're, you're kind of hitting this a little bit, Rob, is the same topic can be addressed at different levels depending on the importance and how many resources you want to allocate to it. So while you're having the cross-functional discussions, depending on the importance of it, you might start with something you, you think or describe as really simple in terms of how you quantify it, whether it's with a tool or doing some napkin math in, in the discussion. It might be really simple, and that's so valuable. You don't have to go dive in deep, you know, head first, two feet in, whatever the analogy is you want to use and go to this big forecasting analytics model. You can start by just conversation and thinking it through and get going. And that's so much better than not doing anything. Oh, without a doubt. It, it's, this is not something to just lean on a particular piece of software or tool. Those tools can be great. We're big fans of analysis and different tools, but that, that discussion and having people practice thinking about the future, you'll notice that it starts then getting into their everyday thinking. It starts helping their, their job approach it from a different perspective because they're understanding some of those discussions that you're having on those scenarios and practicing that future. And that's one of those, I'm gonna call it an intangible benefit of this process there can be a lot of great tangible things outcomes as to what can happen for a place to really get that alignment that you're talking about but also just some of that experience that people start gaining where then they start making different decisions outside of those discussions and that's exciting to see and on those levels this is it doesn't matter how small of an organization you are you still need to commit some time to thinking through some of these things, to asking questions, and just it, it could be as simple as an hour of brainstorming. Each person thinks different, and you want to actually leverage that as part of your working through scenarios instead of narrowing it down. So it, you know, you ask them to do some research, and let's just talk about it. maybe your end outcome is just some brainstorming, and it can range anywhere from brainstorming to no, we need an action list of what we're going to do. And so recognizing those different levels and getting clarity as to what level of commitment you want to bring to this. And those levels can range depending on the complexity of the scenario, the importance of the scenario, the size of your organization, 
So as you talk about the different angles and the level of depth, can you walk through an example just to, to help paint a picture of what it might look like? You know, take a scenario and here's here's a, a starting level and then the next level. One of the examples that we shared is it's an organization working through the topic of inflation. And uh, it's probably most of the listeners are probably talking about inflation too. As you know, it's in so many different headlines and and it's also kind of interesting because a lot of leaders weren't leading organizations through inflation. You know, they think that two and a half percent inflation is high until very recently. And so, it, you know, some of that knowledge of inflation really was back to textbooks and, oh, OK, if inflation increases, then the government's going to raise rates to slow inflation if it's well above two percent. But as we know, even so far, a recent experience is showing that that might not be how it turns out in the future. And that's not necessarily what's happening right now. And so the example that we walked through was an organization that we worked with them to think through inflation, what it what it could do. And they laid out five different paths. And those paths range between, you know, yes, rates go up and things start to slow down and lending really took off and because people are excited that I better buy it now because if I wait, it's going to get more expensive and deposits went down to people did not, you know, increase their loans as much. They used even more of their deposits or um, they had it where they overextended themselves in years two and three credit risk started to spike up as a result of inflation to there are reasons why rates could stay really low depending on government intervention, even in an inflation scenario. So walking through these different paths that can impact deposits, operating expenses, credit risk, lending, other operational features, non-interest income. And so you look at those different paths and for them, they found that there were some of those paths really helped them, that their earnings improved. They were positioned to be even stronger and their business model was designed for it. And they're pretty excited about inflation. Hey, inflation's a good thing. But then there were some other inflation paths where it squeezed their earnings and it made things pretty tight for them. And you could come to the conclusion that inflation is not a good thing. And there the paths helped them see some of those different ways that it could come out. And you could hope for certain ways, but also, well, what do we need to do to prepare for those that could add pressure to us? What are some opportunities that we could do that would help us in three or four of those paths. And that way, regardless of how it might turn out, maybe we improve our odds of even higher success in those futures versus sometimes a solution in one inflation path might actually hurt you in the other inflation paths. And so getting that clarity as to, you know, connecting the dots, not viewing each path as an isolated thing and not that there's only one future the future itself will turn out a certain way, but planning for it will take a bigger range of thinking through things, and that can be incredibly valuable. And I want to build on that as you're looking for the, the actions that are consistent across the different scenarios. This helps your strategic planning as well, because you can start to look at it and say, hmm, all right, this is going to help us in multiple scenarios. How does this influence our strategic plan? Does this now become uh, an initiative that we want to take on? A strategic project and then to your point rob on the prioritization how do we start working it into our priorities I'm gonna hit a couple of takeaways from what we've covered here 
you know, one, get clarity on your objective for this scenario. You know, make, make sure you think that through, you're clear. The more clear you are on the objective, the more effective the process will be. As you're going through the process, then think of scenarios that are more about the environment, what we would call systemic, things like inflation where it impacts everybody. And then also identify those scenarios that are unique to you, the idiosyncratic scenarios of maybe you're in an area where there's a, a very particular type of disaster that you'd want to think through or succession planning and opportunities because of your type of business model and the talent needed to execute on that. The another one is then, you know, you might be more comfortable with qualitative or quantitative scenarios, and that's okay. Both are equally important and just recognize where you're going to start and make sure you're thinking through the qualitative and quantitative scenarios. And if you gravitate towards one, no issue there. Gravitate and then over time start to see how you can build your, your skill and your capability if you gravitate towards quantitative start thinking more on the qualitative side because that'll help round round you out and then the last one here starting simple is not wrong in fact it's great start simple and then you can want to apply to that particular scenario and and go from there we love talking about this so if you have any questions please feel free to reach out we'd love to chat with you otherwise have a great day thank you